I've been in construction my whole working life. I started straight out of school, 10 years ago, and I've spent much of that time on the move. Not a lot of people know this, but when the job ends, craft workers are mostly laid off. Pipe fitters, carpenters, crane operators, all gone. That means we need to pick up our tools and head to a different job site, hoping to get hired back on. Since the money is good, that's what I do. It's the life I've always known. Every few years, I just travel from one side of the country to the other, hoping to find work. After my last job ended, which was about a week ago, I received word from my old boss that this oil company was hiring. He said that since I was a good worker, I was just hired. Just show up and get to work. Told him to give me a few days, and I'll be there as soon as I could. As for the location, it was some small town out in Illinois called Brookfield. I'd never heard of the place before, but that was nothing new. Most plants were built in the middle of nowhere. This is in case they explode. The loss of life would be minimal compared to the same disaster in a city. The next morning, I picked up my stuff and started driving. On the road, called and spoke to some guy named Trevor over the phone. I'd found him on Craigslist. He was renting a room, and the place was about what I wanted to pay. Hey, I'd love to have you. Through the phone, his voice sounded jovial. I'll get some clean sheets on that bed and an extra set of blankets. It gets a little chilly this time of year. Oh, sir. Thank you so much. I'll see you when I get there, I said. After driving for about ten hours, I finally arrived at Brookfield, and it was... Nothing like how I expected. I've been to some shitty towns before, but this one right here? Their downtown could have easily been made into a setting for the walking dead. Most of the buildings I drove past looked either abandoned or half-demolished. Some had girders sticking out from the sides like exposed ribs. Electric poles lay broken in the streets. One place that might once have been a gift shop looked like it had been burned down the night before. Parts of the blackened wood were still smoldering. The only buildings I saw that were intact were a police station and a waffle house. Also directly in the center of town, there was a random graveyard. Not the sort with freshly mowed lawn and a neat tombstone set at regular intervals. This one had crosses. The kind made from two sticks roped together, buried in the muddy soil. Mounds of dirt sat next to freshly dug graves. Trees, their limbs twisted and gnarled, were scattered through the area, casting misshapen shadows. One of them even had a noose hanging from its branches. It swayed gently back and forth. I couldn't help but wonder if some kids had put it up there as some sort of sick joke, or if it was meant as a threat. Threat to whom? I had no idea. Swallowing around the tightness in my throat, I continued on, followed the GPS on my phone, and arrived at the place listed. Trevor was nowhere to be found. Instead, there was a handwritten note taped to the door. It read, 
Sam, sorry I couldn't be there. Something came up out of town and I gotta take care of. Just hold on to the rent for a few days. I'll collect it as soon as I get back. Keys in the potted plant. Head on in and make yourself at home. Trevor. There was an arrow at the bottom, drawn in Sharpie pointing down and to the left. I wouldn't have exactly called the object beneath a potted plant. More accurately, I would have said that it was a pot of dusty soil with cobwebs and a small bare branch sticking out of the center. I jerked a shoulder, dug the key out of the dirt, and did as the paper said. The next morning, as I made myself a pot of coffee in the kitchen, I found myself studying the pictures on the walls and the elderly gentleman who featured in a number of them. I assumed this was Trevor. In one picture, he was fishing. In another, he was at a family function, swinging at a piñata. He had a kind face, smiling in every photograph. I thought that once I met the guy, we'd probably get along nicely. After pouring my cup of joe, I headed outside, ready to leave for work, when I saw something on my windshield. There was an envelope placed under my wiper. Confused, I collected the envelope, pulled the paper out, and read it. It said I'd been fined $100. Literally, you have been fined $100. No explanation. What's more, it was written on a normal sheet of wide rule loose-leaf paper in red crayon. Listed on the bottom of the paper was an address where I was supposed to mail the cash, check, or money order. What the shit is this? I thought to myself, flipping the paper over and inspecting the back. It had to be a prank, right? So I did what anyone would have done. I shrugged and tossed it in the back seat where it landed on the floorboard. Then I went to my new job site where I worked as a crane operator. Most of the day I was up in the cab, transporting steel. It's a hard, lonely life, but I was okay with that. It was good money. I didn't even mind the fact that I didn't get toilet breaks. I'd just carry a bottle. High up in the cab, I saw other craft workers milling about, doing their jobs, flagging, sanding, and pipe laying. Since it took me 30 minutes to climb out of the crane, most were already gone by the time I got down. As for that odd note, I wanted to mention it to my old boss, ask him if he'd ever heard of it, but it seemed like he hadn't come in that day. So I just got on with things, finished for the day, and went home. The following morning, when I went out to my car, all of the windows had been busted out. The windshield looked like somebody had taken a sledgehammer to it. To say I was pissed was an understatement. What the fuck? I said to no one, throwing my arms wide, approaching my vehicle. Once again, placed... Underneath the wiper was an envelope. This one read, Warning, Mine is now $200. Pay, or you will be sent home. Of all the things I've seen through in my life, this was probably the weirdest shit ever. Especially bizarre was that I hadn't heard the glass shatter last night. Surely, I thought. I would have heard it considering I was a light sleeper and my bedroom window was only a few feet from the car. Fueled with anger, I crumpled up the letter. I wanted to blame Trevor for this. 
the guy hadn't come back home yet. I was the only one here last night. So if it wasn't him, then who was leaving these finds? Still pissed, I removed what was left of the windshield, got in my car, and drove to the address listed on the sheet. In my opinion, this type of behavior warranted an ass-whooping, and I was ready to give it. But when I got to the location, it was not exactly what I had been expecting. It was the damn graveyard in the center of town. My blood chilled as I slowed the car to a stop. The eeriness of the situation made the hair on my arms stand on end, and a twinge of nausea twist in my gut. I didn't know what to do, so I stared through the emptiness where my windshield would have been for a few minutes, gaze wandering across the grave markers. Eventually, I got myself together. The police station was across the street, so that was where I went. It was convenient, considering I needed to fill out a police report to file my insurance anyway. Inside the station, I found a fit, middle-aged police officer sitting behind a wooden desk. The officer typed away in his computer. How can I help you? I put the envelope down on the desk. Yeah, well, I got this fine and... Silence fell across the entire police station. Behind him, every head in the room swiveled in my direction. Concern colored all their faces. Some huffed out worried breaths. Others quickly returned their attention to their papers, scribbling fast, avoiding eye contact with me. One guy looked angry, like he really wanted to kick my ass. The officer swallowed. And, um, where did you find this exactly? Somebody left it on my car. His eyes widened as some type of realization flashed across his face. His hand bounced, knocking on the wood. What is it? I asked, feeling my heart rate elevate. The nausea surged again. He cleared his throat. (coughs) He patted the envelope on the desk and slid it back to me. What's your name, son? He asked. Sam. Sam Chavez. He nodded. Well, Sam, I'm going to need you to pay this. What? You're going to have to pay this. I don't understand. The man leaned forward with a hard stare. His hand landed on his gun. Is there a problem here? What the hell? I thought. I swallowed trying to regain my composure. Well, can I just give you the cash then? No, he said. I was lost. Well, uh, why the hell not? Because you have to mail it in. What? You getting loud with me, boy? I blinked. Huh? Pay the fine. Now get the hell out of here before I put you behind bars. Are we clear? Leaving the police station, I was so confused. I was actually scratching the back of my head. 
This was so insane that I didn't know what else to do. I needed something. Answers or some shit. Or at least to find out who was doing this. I tried calling my old boss to ask him for some advice. No answer. I even tried calling Trevor. Same. So I drove 50 miles out of town and stopped at a Walmart. There I picked up an outdoor nest camera and then headed back to my place. After setting up the camera, I installed the app on my phone and paid the subscription service to actively record all movements. Then I fell asleep. That night, around 3 a.m., my phone buzzed. Alerting me that there was motion outside. Half awake, I clicked open the app and saw a truck pull to a stop in the driveway. I recognized the man who got out from the pictures I'd seen, so I knew it was Trevor. He slammed his door and made his way into the house. I considered talking to him, introducing myself, but the guy was probably tired. It was 3 a.m. after all, so I closed out the app and went back to sleep. That morning, as I came out of my bedroom, I saw something in the hall that made me freeze. Blood. I was almost sure it was blood. It had that smell. A trail of splatters led to the kitchen. I followed. There I found Trevor. He was lying on the kitchen counter. Chest cracked open like an alien had bust out of it. Ribs spread. Mascara scattered all over the tile and sink. His face was twisted in horror, his mouth wide open, his lips stretched in a silent howl of agony. In his hand was an envelope that I was all too familiar with. For some reason, it was the cleanest thing in the kitchen. There wasn't a speck of blood on it. The letter hung down low, angled so that the wording faced me. It read, This is the cost. Fighting either a panic attack or a nervous breakdown, I staggered back and vomited onto the floor. I sucked in a huge breath, trying to force myself to calm down, but I couldn't hold it against the next rush of vomit, and I spewed the rest of my dinner onto the kitchen floor. Coughing and gasping, I wiped my mouth, with the back of my hand and scrambled away from the body. After gathering what little rationality I had left, I fished my phone out of my pocket and dialed those three numbers. Nine one one, what's your emergency? said the lady on the opposite end of the line. I took a deep breath. The air still smelled of blood and vomit. Uh, Hi, my roommate. He's dead. What's the address? 212 212 Silver Drive. A man is dead. Her voice sounded terse, maybe even annoyed. Yes, how did you... This is why you pay the damn fine, she said. So I did. I mailed in a check that night and got the hell out of Dodge. I'm used to living on the move, 
what I've never packed up so quickly. I left the body just lying there as I cleared out. Someone else's problem. I'd had enough of this bullshit. Screw that creepy-ass town, the job, and the damn graveyard. I drove all night, heading for my parents' house, which I knew they had an old bedroom waiting. I didn't want to wake them, so when I got there, I used my spare key to let myself in. Something was waiting for me on my old bedroom door. My blood froze. Scotch taped to the wood was a note. Same familiar handwriting. Same red crayon. And I realized that maybe I'd made a mistake. All along, the notes had been delivered to Trevor's address. Trevor had been the one to die. Perhaps whoever, whatever, had sent those fines. They hadn't meant any of it for me. But now... I had their attention. The note read, Who are you? Numbly, I pushed the door open. I was just... tired. I didn't know what to do. What the hell I'd gotten myself into. I had the idea that I could collapse into bed and figure something out later. Inside, the walls... The bed, the desk, all of them were plastered with hundreds of wide roll loose leaf paper. Who are you? They demanded. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? you? 